0: Coronavirus, COVID-19, the facts you need to know right now. Welcome to the Access Health Radio Show. I'm Dr.
1: Brian Forrest, and this week we're going to be giving an update on the coronavirus emergency on Access Health Radio.
0: Dr. Forrest, uh, we have talked about this topic before, and of course... It is on everybody's mind and lips right now. It's uh, it's been defined as COVID nineteen, the coronavirus outbreak. And I understand you you're gonna to try to bring us up to date today and provide some critical information that our listeners need to know about it.
1: Yes, there there are a few things that do make this a little different than things that we've gone through in the past. And there's a few things with this particular virus that that make it dangerous. Um, But I think to set the stage for today's show, we need to say, you know, this is, uh, you know, it's not the total end of the world and people need to avoid panicking. Um, There may be a time where things are more urgent than they are now. Mm -hmm. um, And we're going to really try to set the tone today about what you should be doing, what you should know about. Um, And this is this is different. This will be, you know, a different reaction, I think, to this virus than anything we've seen in you know, the last 50 years, certainly. Um, but you know, the things that make it worrisome to people is the fact that you can catch it like a typical cold and you know, everybody gets a cold. You can catch it like the flu and we know people that have gotten the flu. Uh, and that's, that's making it a little scary for people. Um, and then the other feature that, that also makes it a little tricky is the fact that people can be contagious before they know they're sick. Um, think about somebody who, you know, normally has some mild allergy symptoms and maybe they traveled somewhere and maybe they've got a little bit of the sniffles, they may not know that they've been exposed to that virus. And so that's one of the things that is concerning is a lot of times we may not know uh, if somebody's been exposed to that. They, in fact, themselves uh, may not know. Um, So based on reports so far, people can be contagious uh, a few days before they have any significant symptoms. And then the thing is, most people are not going to get severe symptoms with this. So they're going to be just... Just like somebody you normally would see with a cold or a cough, you know, it's not going to look that bad. And so uh, they may be contagious, but you may just assume they have a cold. Now, me personally, I don't want to catch a cold either. You know, I don't want to catch a cold. I don't want to catch the flu. So one of the things we're going to talk about today is a lot of the precautions that we want people to take are just things that are going to help them not get sick with other things as well, Uh, not just uh, COVID-19 or coronavirus. So, um, And this particular strain, the thing that's also different is it's something that people have never been exposed to before. Uh, So, you know, unlike uh, certain other viruses that have been around where people build up immunity over a lifetime – so, you know, they might not be particularly uh, prone to that strain because they've seen it before, maybe 10 or 15 years ago. Uh, this is sort of a novel uh, one that people haven't been exposed to. And so eventually we probably are going to get in a situation where a lot of people will, will catch this. Uh, but I think by then we're going to have good treatments, hopefully. Uh, I think by the time that, you know, this is getting to be where everybody has it, uh, hopefully vaccines are going to be in place by then. Uh, we are looking forward to that for, for next year sometime.
0: Now, since we did the initial show several weeks ago, things have changed a lot. When we did that first show, uh, there had been no deaths reported. There were only a couple of cases. Now, the death rate appears to be somewhat around 3%, and people across the country, coast to coast, have contracted it. Yes,
1: and uh, you know that's concerning. And um, many physicians as well are also getting daily notifications directly, uh, either from the CDC or the medical board. Uh, or, you know, uh, the state, the public health folks at the state. Um, I know my email box every day, I'm getting something new. I'm actually getting notifications through my uh, EMR as well. And they're giving these updates um, about coronavirus and recommendations. And when we did the first show on coronavirus, you know, at that time, nobody in North Carolina had tested positive. And now it's in our state as well. So um, things have changed. You know, the very first show we did, uh, this had not been declared a, you know, sort of world health emergency by who? Uh, now it has. Uh, the The risk level has gone up quite a bit since this first came out. Um, but, uh, you know, things things have definitely changed a lot. And I think the biggest thing for myself as a physician that's changed is initially all of the cases in the United States that were confirmed positive were all in quarantined environments. Uh, These were folks that had either had foreign travel, uh, they had been isolated, they'd been put in quarantine and hospital setting. And so we knew where all those people were. And the thing that changed is, uh, you know, after Washington State had a case that couldn't be directly tracked and then that person had gone to that to the nursing home and then people had come to the nursing home, um, it's in the community, you know, and now it's, it's out there. There are people, um, unfortunately, who haven't been diagnosed because, you know, there hasn't been uh, widespread testing yet. And so there are a lot of people out there right now that, that have been exposed to this and just don't know it yet. Um, And so things have changed. Community spread is happening. Uh, We're going to talk about some of the details today about things you should know uh, and also things you should listen for and look out for in terms of, uh, you know, listen to the radio and the news and the media um, and things you should sort of uh, mark as red flags to pay attention to.
0: Dr. Forrest, one of the things I appreciate about you is your balanced approach to things. So uh, first question that comes to my mind, what are the things that people should watch out for or should be paying attention to? to on the news when this is reported?
1: Well, you know, I think right now the most important thing to do is to have, uh, you know, you don't need to be monitoring the news networks all the time, but I think you do need to have some daily uh, awareness about what's going on, uh, and you need to pay attention to, you know, the, the, the update probably on a daily basis, uh, about the numbers of cases and places where they are, particularly uh, in your community. So, you know, if you've had cases in your county, if you've had cases in your community, uh, then you definitely need to keep up to date on, you know, sort of that local threat level. So, you know, right now, we, we would still even say that on a national level, if we just took, you know, a random person in the United States, their odds of contracting this or dying from it is extremely rare. On the other hand, if you're in a community where it's being spread by community spread, you know, your chances of contracting it are relatively a little bit higher. Um, So when it's in your community or in your county, you know community spread is going on. You want to make sure you've got some basic preparations. Now, um, I know when we did our first show, uh, we talked a little bit about that. And at the time, there were plenty of supplies on the shelves Um, And after that, you know, within a week or two, uh, people started to sort of hoard some supplies. Um, And, you know, we don't want to overdo it. You know, get enough for you and your family, not enough for you and everybody else's family, because we want to make sure there's things available for everyone. But I do think that it's always good to have some basic preparedness um, because not just of this, but any outbreaks of disease and disasters that can happen. Um, but we always are going to have a little bit of notice. And so if you're staying tuned in on a daily basis to what's going on with the numbers of people who have uh, COVID-19 or coronavirus in your community, Um, And you get those basic uh, essentials for preparedness uh, so that you can kind of hunker down at your house if you have to, if it comes to that, um, then you'll be in good shape. Now, I've already posted a list of equipment and supplies that I would recommend for just having for general medical emergencies uh, on our website at accesshealthradio.com. Uh, I'm also, uh, you know, besides that list, I'm also going to have some links there that will provide some live updates. Uh, so if you wanted to go there and sort of monitor things, there's in particular there's a really good uh, website. It's being done by John Hopkins, and they're they're monitoring CDC data and other reports. Uh, but it's an it's a site that updates every few minutes, and it has numbers of cases. It has a mapper for where those are and that kind of thing. And I think it's good information. So I'm going to have some links to that for live updates available on our radio show website um, for folks, because we can't obviously keep people up to date every week uh, on a day-to-day basis what's happening. And uh, I think people do need on a daily basis to sort of see what's going on. Uh, something else, you know, that I would look out for, and uh, this has already happened in some cases. But I would look at what's happening in other states around the country, uh, where they've had uh, more exposure, because you know what happens other places. Maybe you know how things look in your area or your state. You know, several weeks or months from now. Um, and one of the things that I would, I would look out for in any state is if your state declares a state of emergency. Uh, if they declare a state of emergency, they are basically indicating that, you know, this is going to have a major impact on our area in one way or another. Um, and so that would be sort of something I would pay attention to. You know, um, if any state or community declares a state of emergency, that would be a time where, you know, my, my red flag would go up and I'd say, you know, we need to pay a little bit closer attention to this. Uh, Now, the truth is, um, I think at this point, there is some inevitability that at some point uh, in the future, COVID-19 coronavirus is going to be something that most people have been exposed to and that many, many people have been infected with. But many people are going to get it and not even ever know they had it because in many folks, the symptoms are very mild, Um, especially, and this is very fortunate right now, it looks like, especially in children. Um, the symptoms are very mild uh, and it looks like maybe the transmission is lower. We're not really sure what's going on there. Um, but, uh, you know, you might never know you had COVID-19, but if we fast forward it and we, you know, go a few years in the future and we were to antibody test, you know, everybody in the country to see if they had 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 it. Probably a significant proportion of the United States uh, would have have had it at some point. But many of them may have never really even gotten sick. Or some of them may have just said, oh, well, I had a cold this past weekend or whatever. And it may really not have been uh, that big a deal. The number of people that are going to get really, really sick with this is very small. Uh, and the number of people that are going to get sick enough to need to go in the hospital, it looks like, is is 20% or less. Um, So for most people, this will just be like anything else you would catch. Uh, You know, certainly flu can put people in the hospital and and people die from flu. And it's much more widespread, uh, you know, by many factors
0: uh, than coronavirus is nationally right now. All right. Thanks, Dr. Forrest. Uh, Straight ahead, Access Health Radio Tip of the Week. Answers to questions on the coronavirus with Dr. Brian Forrest. Welcome back into our coronavirus update here on Access Health Radio. Right now, though, it's time for our health tip of the week. I bet it has something to do with coronavirus and staying well, Dr. Forrest. Uh,
1: That's correct.
0: And uh, (laughs) we'd like to thank We Care of
1: Apex for sponsoring our Access Health Tip of the Week. They're located uh, in Apex uh, right off of Highway 55, and their website is www.wecareofapex.com. Uh, The tip of the week this week uh, is something I know you everybody's probably heard before, but I just can't emphasize it enough is to wash your hands every time before you touch your face or food or use any sanitizer with more than 60 percent alcohol and let that dry thoroughly um, before you touch your face or you touch your food. And if you are sick with anything, it doesn't have to be, you know, COVID-19. If you're sick with anything, stay at home. Uh, because, you know, the thing is, if you're out and you're coughing and sneezing, that's going to make people at your place of employment uh, nervous. They may stay at home, not because they're sick, but because they're trying to avoid somebody that's coughing and sneezing. So, you know, if you're sick, you know, try to stay at home. Uh, if you if you witness people sneezing or coughing, maintain at least a 6 to 12-foot distance. Um, and and lastly, don't use a face mask to prevent coronavirus unless you are professionally trained in its use and fitted otherwise they can be more of a liability than an asset they do help protect people who are properly trained in their use and who know how frequently they should change them out um, with sterile technique and fitting but for example if you were to take off your own mask with your hands that aren't sterile you're infected If you leave a mask on too long so that the pores are saturated with humidity and the airflow has to go around the edges of the mask, you're infected. Thinking you were protected, now you're just breathing in around the mask. Um, Or what if you think you're protected because you're wearing a mask and gloves, but then your eye itches and you scratch it? I actually saw some footage the other day of a guy in an airport, and he had his mask on, but he was scratching his eye. And I thought... (laughs) If you're doing nothing at all, right? You've got right. this mask on, but you just took your hand yep. and you just scratched your eye with it. So again, if you, uh, most people should not be uh, wearing masks, especially in the public, and they're not going to work very long, even if you were using them properly. For healthcare professionals, they're tra- they're changing those out. Uh, very, very often when they use them so they don't get cross-contamination and so the pores don't get clogged. Uh, but if you're trying to get a mask and wear it all day, you know, around the mall to protect yourself, you're just really not accomplishing anything. Uh,
0: so I know that probably every patient that comes into your office has questions about coronavirus this week. So let's go some uh, through some of the most common questions that you've been getting about this COVID-19.
1: Yes. Yeah, so both patients and uh, I've gotten emails as well. Um, and I'll just go over the highlight questions. So one is, you know, what are the symptoms of coronavirus? Well, the problem is they're just like almost everything else, you know, they're viral upper respiratory infection. So it may look just like somebody who's got a cold. It may look just like somebody who's got the flu. Uh, one of the exceptions is it does go along with a pretty high fever, Um, But again, people may not have that high fever by the time they're contagious, okay? Um, Another question I've been getting is, can it be transmitted on surfaces? Can it be transmitted on clothes? How long can it last on those surfaces? So here's the honest truth is we don't know. We don't know the answer yet, but I think we can look to – other viruses that are similar and and probably make a fair assumption that it does live on surfaces at least for a few hours and that it may there are viruses that are transmissible on clothing um, and so it may be that it's on clothes so if you know uh, you were in an environment if you were a healthcare worker treating somebody with it if you were in a household with somebody who'd been diagnosed and they sneezed on your shirt Would I think that reasonably you could actually catch it from your clothing? Probably a reasonable person would say yes, Um, but we don't really know how long it stays on that surface. Um, So disinfect and clean everything you can uh, as thoroughly as you can, uh, but we really don't know how long it can can live on a surface yet. Uh, Another question I've been getting is, will this end up causing a change to the daily lives of most people? And I think the answer to that is yes, but not necessarily because they get infected. I think that uh, people's reaction and response to this virus is probably going to be more life-changing than the virus itself for most people. Um, Most people who get infected, again, it's going to be a minimal-type illness, uh, similar to a cold or flu. Uh, but people are changing their daily habits. People have been, you know, hoarding supplies and, and avoiding events. And some of that may be with some, you know, do uh, do uh, caution uh, that's, uh, you know, appropriate. Uh, But in other places, there may be cases where people are sort of, you know, reacting and behaving in ways that aren't really necessarily rational. It's a little bit further along than it should be uh, in their minds. And uh, so protect yourself, you know, prepare, um, you know, use common sense. Uh, But I I think it will be something in the next year that is going to have an impact on most everyone. Uh, Because even if your state's not affected, you may have uh, sporting events that get canceled. You may have travel that gets canceled canceled. Um, One of the things that I've noticed is uh, we've had lots of patients tell us that their companies have told them to stay at home. I have a lot of patients that work out in Research Triangle Um, And even, you know, recently they've said their employers have said, hey, look, we're going to telecommute for everything. We're going to do everything over the phone. Um, So it's going to it's going to change lives. It's going to change daily routines, um, you know, even if you're not affected. I think one of the things for us to try to do is try to not let it affect our daily routines any more than it really has to. I think that's that's important. Uh, Next question that I'm getting a lot is, is there treatment? Um, So far, there really isn't any treatment. There's uh, experimentation going on on some antiviral uh, compounds. It may turn out that those are great. We just don't know yet. I think that, uh, you know, within a year, we're definitely going to have something available, uh, whether that's an antiviral treatment or maybe, you know, 12 to 15 months, uh, we might have a vaccine um, that will help out with this. But currently, really, we don't have anything. And for people that get severely ill, there's still no antibiotic or any treatment. It's just that, you know, in a hospital setting, they can be supported if they need a ventilator uh, to get through this, and then they recover on the other side of that. Uh, that's how we're, we're helping people is supporting them. Um, and then the last question, this is sort of a loaded crystal ball question, is uh, what do you think will ultimately happen? Uh, Well, the truth is, I don't know. Um, I do think that I think most people will, in some way, eventually be uh, affected, not necessarily infected. I think most people will be affected. um, And uh, I think we just have to be cautious, uh, have a a good amount of awareness, uh, and use common sense, but not overreact.
0: Thanks, Dr. Forrest. More straight ahead with Dr. Brian Forrest on Access Health Radio.
1: Okay, Dr. Forrest, time for our Access Health Trivia of the Week. Well, keeping with the theme, I thought I'd talk about uh, trivia about Spanish flu, uh, which was really a bad pandemic back in 1918. And the uh, death rate was approximately 2.5% with uh, that Spanish flu. And between 20 and 50 million people are estimated to have died. Uh, And the world population was a lot lower then. So, uh, you know, hopefully we're not going to see anything like that uh, this go around. But uh, yeah, that was a devastating uh, pandemic back in 1918. Our scripture this week is from 2 Chronicles 29. If calamity comes upon us, whether the sword of judgment or plague or famine, we will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name and will cry out to you in our distress, and you will hear us and save us. Thank you for listening to the Access Health Show, and we look forward to joining you again next Sunday at 4 p.m. Until then, God bless your help.